notes. You got your handout. I'm going to move quick because there's still a lot of pages and I want to get through tonight so we can launch into our next thing. So I'm going to do like I did Sunday, see, fasten your seatbelt. I'm going to move quick. And if you need to, if you get, got a question, feel free, to, feel free to pipe up, throw a hand up, get my attention somehow, and we'll, we'll go there. So we were on number two. We finished uh, letter A. We are to pray for one another. Now we get to B. B is we are to minister to one another's needs. So this is the, the, the whole topic we're looking at is our relationship, our relationship with other believers. And so how we're related to each other. And then, you know, we're, we're family. Once we're born again, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We're co-laborers with the Lord Jesus, but we're co-laborers together. And, and, and so as a believer, and look, it's a, all of us, if we're born again, ought to be serving the God somewhere. We should be serving the Lord somewhere. And so then we talked about the responsibilities we have toward other Christians. So A was we're to pray for one another. B then, we come here, we are to minister to one another's needs. And number one under that is this, is physically. So we're, the first thing in the way that we minister to one another's needs is physically. Uh, letter A there, for those in your immediately, immediate church family. That's where it starts. When you're talking about physically ministering to those needs. Galatians 6.10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, that's not just... You know, when you, when you read that, that's not just our church family. It is talking about this. This is the household of faith right here, our local church. But it's a household of faith. This is talking about people who are in the household of faith. They're children of God. This is, we're to do good to those. I think a lot of times we've got this idea that we, 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 everything we're doing ought to be all out there or all in here. It's a blend, folks. We've we're, we're we got to minister to those outside the church walls. We've got to minister to those outside the church family. But it says... Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all. Not a specific here of, of one or the other, but to do good to all, but especially to those who are in the household of faith. We are to look out for each other. We're, we're to look out for our brothers and sisters in Christ and to help in those needs. Romans 12, 13 says, distributing to the needs of the saints, giving to hospitality. So we're to distribute to those needs. We're to look at those needs. Uh, B, so physically... Um, the immediate church family. So B is uh, for other needy believers throughout the world. Acts chapter 11, verse 27 through 30 says, And in those days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Then one of them, named Agabus, stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, determined to send relief to their brethren, to the brethren dwelling in Judea. This they also did and sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul. So there was, there was ministry, there was help given. They knew the situation, there was a great need there, there was, a great, uh, there was, there was this, this famine, and, and so they knew there was need, so they wanted to send relief. And, and I'm taking that, that because where they were, there was, there was, they were in a better situation, they said, look, we want to help them. You know, I see a lot of that today. When, when I, I think one of the, the most prominent that we see is with, um, uh, we see a lot from, I mean, the Southern Baptists do a lot of good things, but man, Samaritan's purse they're, they're the first ones you see on the ground when there's earthquakes and hurricanes and things like that. In Afghanistan, they, they're trying to do ministry over there. They're, they're trying to do anything they can to, to further the gospel. And so, so you, you know, what you're stirred to do, and you see that in the body of Christ, uh, when there's a need, what happens? This is what we do a lot of times. And let me just share this, folks. Financially is not always the answer. 
mean, sometimes I, we've got this idea that they've got some problems and we think financially that's going to fix it all. That's not always the solution. And so we have to have great wisdom in how we minister to need. Sometimes it is absolutely a financial situation. Sometimes God is using that situation, that financial situation, to teach and to minister. So we have to be careful that we don't just throw money at something because it makes us feel better. We, you know, we, we need to be led of the Spirit and use godly wisdom in the way we minister to needs. Okay? It's like the old, the old preacher said. He said, I heard these preachers talking about people come up to him and say, Preacher, preacher, they're about to cut off my cable. I need some help. I need some financial help. They're about to turn off my cable. Um, yeah, how many packs of cigarettes are you smoking? How many cases of cartons a week are you smoking? You know, that, that'll cover your cable right there. So sometimes we've got to use wisdom in that. Um, but I, I love it that when Samaritan's Purse, something like that happens, I see it all the time. People want to help. They want to go, man, th- th- that's a need where financially they're going to need some help. We can help with that. We want to do that. Number two, spiritually, meeting needs spiritually. Galatians 6 Chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and then Hebrews 13, 1 through 3. So Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 says, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another the burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Somebody falls into sin, we want to help them. Amen? We don't want to stone people. That's not what we want to do. But we want to help restore people. And we want to help bring them back into proper fellowship. So if Brent messes up, I'll give you an example. A friend of mine uh, just started pastoring a church. And one of his church members who sang in the choir and he sang specials on stage and stuff, he got a DUI. And so, you know, they dealt with it. And they, and they talked to him and he was very repentant of, you know, I know that I shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. I messed up. I made a mistake. And. And uh, it was in the paper. It was in the local paper. I mean, everybody in the county knows it. And so as they deal with it, they deal with him. They said, look, here's what's got to happen. This is very public. This isn't a private situation. It's very public. So they confronted him and they said, "Um, you're going to need to come before the church and confess this to the church and repent. Acknowledge that, you know, you made a mistake and that you've corrected that mistake. And uh, until then, you're not singing in the choir. You're not singing on stage. He couldn't understand why that, was, why that was the case. He said, well, I've gotten it right with God. But if, folks, if we're not truly repentant, then we really haven't. My question is, if we've really gotten it right with God, if we're not really repentant. And, you know, when repentance comes and brokenness comes, I, I'm going to change my attitude about the, the thing, Right? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I see confused looks. Are y'all, you with me? Are you with me? So when, when there is a sin, when there's a, a sin, a failure in our life, repentance, you have to, if it's public in this church body, it's got to be publicly confessed. And you know what happens? There, there's restoration. But his attitude was, I'm okay. I've talked to God about it. I'm good. I'm not going to deal with it. So he wants to come back to singing in the choir and the church has said, until you make that right, because it was very public, you've got to publicly acknowledge that now, because somebody coming and sitting in the church and knows, or they see him later and go, man, that dude was on the paper three weeks ago for DUI, and here he is here. There, there's a, does that make sense? 
Okay, I mean, so there's, there's standards when it comes to the church. It comes, comes to, you know, well, I don't want to bring reproach upon the church. Um, I, I was, before y'all called me, I was doing pulpit supply, and I went and preached in a local, one of the local churches here. And so that morning, I noticed, uh, you know, they had their, they didn't have a choir, and I don't know if it was really considered a praise team. It was like a mix. It was probably 10 people up there singing. And one of the guys who was up there singing comes and tells me after, after the service is over, he comes to me and he's telling me, yeah, I'm not even a member of the church and, and, and I got a big pornography problem. And so he's, he's telling me this, yet he's on the stage leading in worship. And if he's telling that, he's got this big problem that's a, that we want to help him. All right, so you follow me? We want to help him. The idea is not to now take him out and stone him. We want to restore him. But sometimes restoring someone doesn't mean you just get to do, continue on doing what you're doing. I'm, I'm telling you, if, if y'all caught me in, you catch me in pornography. Y'all don't want me preaching Sunday. You want me to get my heart right with God, and you want me to be broken and repentant before the church. Would you not? I mean, if you knew that had happened and it, was pub- it came out public, would you want me to come before the church and confess that and get it right with you publicly? Would you? Okay. That's the standard. And it's for all of us. It's not just for the person that's going to stand and preach. It's for all of us. But our idea is the goal is to help each other. Somebody falls, somebody stumbles, we want to help them. And the idea is to bring them back into right fellowship. Amen? Okay. Hebrews 13, verse 1 and 1 through 3. Let brotherly love continue. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by so doing, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. You know, we don't, we don't, there's a lot of people who do prison ministry. We, we ought to be more involved in that. Those who are mistreated, remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated. Since you, you yourselves are in the body also. This is why the people in Afghanistan, the Christians that are over there, we ought to be so praying for them and the situation that they're in. Because we need to consider them as though we were in there with them. Amen? And uh, the prisons. Um, so there was, a, there was a guy in Georgia we used to go to, went to church with us. He, he got cancer and it isn't, he died. And it, it was one of the neatest things I've ever seen. Brian... Tullus was his name. And before he died, he sat on his front porch. He set up a camera and he preached for about 20 minutes. He gave his testimony. He gave the gospel as clear as you can give it. It was, it was surreal as you're sitting there with his casket. And we're watching the video of him talking about this moment at his funeral. But he said, I got a lot of family and I got a lot of people that know me. He said, there's going to be a big crowd there. And there's a whole lot of them, don't know, lot of them that don't know the Lord. And he said, I'm going to preach the gospel. I'm going to preach the gospel. He said, I hope the preacher preaches, but I'm going to preach the gospel. And he did. But one of the things Brian Tullis used to do, and I think it drove his wife crazy, was you talk about entertaining strangers. He'd have a new guy on the job. He'd take them home to dinner. He'd, he'd see somebody walking on the street He'd stop and say, hey, what are you doing for dinner? And he'd load them up in the car with him, bring them home. He'd call his wife on the way home, maybe, and say, hey, uh, make sure there's enough for more, which she learned to fix for more because it was just all the time. And 
But that's what he did. He didn't care. He wasn't worried about picking up some psycho killer or anything like that. He just wanted to minister to people. And he did that. He brought those strangers home. And, uh, but the underlying principle there is brotherly love. He, he's going, I want to win these people to Christ. I want to, I want to minister to them. So we want to restore spiritually. Um, C, we are to encourage and edify one another. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, comfort each other and edify one another, just as you also are doing. So comfort each other and edify uh, each other, one another. So the, 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 the idea here, this encouragement. So encouragement means give support, confidence, or help to someone. Edify means to build up. Okay, So it's to instruct or improve someone morally or intellectually. So we are to encourage and edify one another. So what are some ways, I want you to tell me, some, what are some of the ways we can do that with each other within the body of Christ? Or, or, or a Christian who's gotten outside the body, somebody that's out there. How do we encourage each other? How do we build each other up? What, what are some ways, some things we can do? Okay, so you're, you're going to, so encouragement is you're going to, you're going to, yeah, so you're going to bring, that's what we're saying is we want to encourage. So encourage is give support, confidence, or hope to someone. So if you're going to encourage, you're going to cheer them on, okay? Is that, is that what you're saying? So I'm going to, you're going to try to cheer someone on to get them back into church. So, all right, that's one way, encourage them to get back in church. So how can we encourage? How can we encourage? How can we build up? Miss Jesse. Sure. Yeah, Scott. Oftentimes it's, it's getting involved in their life. Not, not just being there to say good words, but you know, getting to know them, finding out what their worries and their hurts are, helping them with a project around the house. I mean, all, all kinds of things like that. That's certainly going to encourage somebody. It will. That will. That's a, and that's a deep level of encouragement. What, what are some things you can do on a day-to-day, Catherine? Sorry. Write them a letter. Okay, good. Call or text. Who likes getting getting mail? You still like getting mail? I, I do. I mean, you when you go you go to the mailbox and you pull something out of there. I love it when it ain't all just bills. Bill, 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 Bill. I didn't know there was nobody named Bill that lived here, but Bill gets a lot of mail. <laughs> Um, lots of mail there. I don't, I don't like that. I'd rather have a handwritten card. Man, that means a lot. That's very, very encouraging. That's a great way to encourage. What about just, I mean, like tonight? What are some things, has anybody been encouraged tonight? You'd say, yeah, that somebody did something and it, it encouraged you. Angie encouraged you? How'd she encourage you? So seeing, so seeing what she's doing, seeing what she's doing encouraged you. Okay. So let me get this right. So her being here, present to see what's going on in her life, encouraged you in your life. Good. You know, your presence encourages other people. Just a kind word. 
I mean, people ask me a lot of times on Wednesday nights, you're not going to eat? I don't always eat on Wednesday nights. I mean, sometimes I eat a later lunch. Sometimes I eat breakfast. I don't want, I just, sometimes I just don't want to eat Wednesday nights. But what I try to do is I got to try to get around and speak to everybody. And, and if you've got a problem in your life, that'd be a great time to say, hey, preacher, sit down here. Talk to me for a minute. I'd, I, I'd love that. So I, I want to try to be an encouragement. I want to go around and speak to everybody. Sometimes just speaking to someone is encouraging. How do you? How can we build them up? How do you build somebody up? Pray with them. You know, Not just for them, but with them, right? Pray with them and, and let them know that all problems can be solved. Good, good. Praying with, praying with them. That's good. Thank you for the good job you're doing. Serving you. Yep. To say thank you. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't like that. Some people are like, I don't want any attention, but. I, I think it's good. I like to, I went through the line before we got started tonight, and I told each one of them, I said, thank you. Thank you for serving. You know, not, they're not doing it to get a pat on the back. I'm not stealing their reward. Now, if they, if they said, I'm going to serve mashed potatoes tonight so that the preacher will recognize me, <laughs> then they got their reward. That's all there's going to be, right? They already got what they wanted. That's, that's, that, I'm not stealing their reward to, to say thank you, and you can, you can encourage and and in, in, in that way. Um, listening, like today, my, I was talking to my cousin, and she's a stay-at-home mom, and I work, and I got a promotion, and then our best friend got a promotion, and she was feeling really bad that she wasn't building her career or something like that, and I had to just listen to her, and what I told her was, you're building your children's character in Christ, and that is the most important job, and, to, and she Yeah, yeah, you speak, you speak truth in love, amen? You know, there are a lot of times, I, 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 and I, here's what I, I pray. You know, Sunday, Sunday, that message was a heavy topic, right? I mean, we're talking about death. We're talking about dying. But, but I, I hope when you left here Sunday, I hope nobody left here going, oh, boy, that was dark. That was a discouraging message. I hope that message encouraged you. I hope it built you up because that's what the Word of God does. And one of the greatest ways we can build each other up is holding each other accountable to the Word of God. And when somebody says something that's not true, you, you, you challenge them on it. You ain't got to be ugly. You speak the truth in love. But, man, one of the things that helps me the most is, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? So iron, you talking about a hammer on a, on a, on a sword or something, pounding out that blade, that's, that's hard work. But it's iron sharpens iron, sliding that metal across metal. Siding that metal across the stone, it's going to sharpen. It takes that work. But we can, we can build each other up that way with, with encouraging work, not lies. You don't, you don't want to lie to somebody and, you, you know, you got a friend and something's going is south in their life and you just build them up and tell them everything's wonderful. Worst thing we can do is tell somebody that's in sin, oh, it's okay. It's okay. God understands. He he, he loves you. He's okay in your sin. That's one of the worst things we could do. We speak truth in love. Amen? Okay. Any other thoughts? Ways to build up and encourage? All right. 
So indeed, and we are to serve one another with a Christ-like humility. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. That's a, what a great chapter, Philippians chapter 2. What a great chapter on having the mind of Christ, being humble. But verse 3 and 4 says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look not only on your own interest or his own interest, but also for the interest of others. You know, we are to look out for each other. Um, and, and it's not to be busybody looking out for each other, right? It's not gossip and the negative. It's looking out for, um, look, here's the thing. You know what one of the hardest parts of going through this COVID is? I don't know who, who, who I can or should visit in their home. There's still people who don't want me in their home. I don't know who's not here because they're worried about COVID or they're not here because COVID's become a very convenient excuse for getting out of church. It's one of the hardest things for the last year and a half is figuring this out. I'm about at the place where I'm through worrying about COVID. And if you are still worried about COVID, you can tell me, get out of my face, don't come to my house, whatever you want to tell me. If you listen online, you can let me know those things. But I'm about to the place where I'm going to be visiting people's homes. If you don't want to let me in, that's fine. Um, I, I, I'm going to call you if you ain't coming to church. I'm going to encourage you to get back in church. Folks, we get it. COVID's bad. Amen? COVID ain't going nowhere. And we've been talking about this. I'm not going to live in fear of COVID. I'm not going to live in a fear. Of, I have no fear of death. Now, don't pour gas on me and light me. I, I'm, I'm fearful of that. But I ain't fearful of dying. I ain't fearful of dying. Maybe the way I go, but I'm not fearful of dying. I'm, I, I mean, like, are you going to threaten me with heaven? Really? Okay, bring it on. Very short, very short suffering to be with Jesus. That's a, that'd be okay. But all of us in here can look around on Sunday mornings and see people that used to be here that aren't here now. And, and my encouragement to you would be find a way to encourage them. It shouldn't just be pastor or John or Raymond or a deacon. And I hope our deacons are making those phone calls. I want y'all to stick around and tell me if your deacon is calling you. Okay, I want y'all to tell me. Yeah, all seriousness. I ain't trying to be ugly right now. If you haven't heard from your deacon in three months, I want to know. I want to know. Because them, them, me and Brent and them are going to be having a talk, ain't we? <laughs> it won't be busted. <laughs> Listen, because our, our, our deacons have a ministry just like I do. And, and we want to hold each other accountable. And, and if I'm not doing what I need to do, somebody needs to hold me accountable. And we want to encourage each other in that. But, we, we, so, but you can do that too, Right? You can look around and go, where's so-and-so? I haven't seen them. You can pick up a phone and you can call them. Say, hey, when are you coming back to church? And if they say, never, okay, then you know. You with me? But it may be that they're just, you mean you're going? Yeah, I'm going to church. Yeah, I'm going. And if you're not comfortable, sit in the back with a mask on. Sit over in the fellowship hall on Sunday morning with a mask on. If that's, but get here. Be here together in person. It's just that right there. Y'all encourage me by being here. And it, and it, ain't, a, it ain't about, 
wow, we had 130 in here today. I'd rather have 5,000 in here. If we're going to open up the Word of God and preach the Word of God, I want more, not less. I want more people here. But when you come and you're here, Wednesday nights as this group grows, you bless my heart. You encourage me because I look around and I say, those people want to learn. Those people want to grow in their faith. They're making the commitment. They're, they're here. They're not letting fear drive them right now. They're, they're you know, you, you with me? That encourages me. And it's encouraged, it encouraged her just seeing Angie here tonight. Encouraged her. You're an encourager and you didn't even know it. How about that? Amen? All right. So you can encourage others and, and, and help, them, help them to get back in here. Just get back in here. Let's worship the Lord. Amen? If you feel sick, stay home. Come back next week. I'm serious. Jesse's not here tonight. Jesse's not wasn't feeling well the last couple of days. We tested him today just to make sure. He tested negative, but he wasn't feeling well, so we left him at home. Just be smart. Don't bring something in here. I don't want nothing you got, I promise you. Nothing. You sniffling and stay home. Number three, what should my attitude be toward other Christians? A, the primary and governing attitude should be to love one another. Amen? Now, I'm I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes the way we love doesn't look like love. Sometimes the way we love doesn't feel like love. Because sometimes our love is directed, it's discipline. Sometimes it's, it's correction. Sometimes it is a pat on the back. Sometimes it's a kick in the rump. Right? I mean, I, I've had guys that challenge me, and I don't, I don't like it. None of us like being held accountable. We don't like it, so it doesn't always feel good. Um, but, but our attitude towards others is, is um, it should be to love one another. And because, you know, sometimes you, 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 you have to deal with things because you love people and you care. Amen? You ever had to do that with your kids? I can't just go, I can't just go, I've had enough. Done. Do what you want to do. I'm done. I'm done. I'm out of it. I don't even want to hear it anymore. I mean, you can, but that's not, that's not love. Love is, I'm going to continue to help. And, and so our primary and governing attitude should be to love one another. First John chapter 3, 14 through 16. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we, ought also, we, ought, we, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And so it, it, it's, it's um, loving, loving one another and my message Sunday, I, I don't want to get into telling you, you know, I, I don't want to lay it out there yet, but loving, loving, loving one another is, uh, and I just lost, I just jumped track. I don't know where the train went. I had a good thought there and it fled me. Oh, the, the ought to. Loving one another. It, it's, it's, it should be about others, not about me. We, we get so caught up in life that, you know, something that's going to pull me away from what I want or where, where I, you know, what I want to be doing. You know, I'd rather be over there on Sunday morning. I'd rather, you know, I, I like to hunt, so I want to go hunting. I'd rather do that. I, I saw a great meme. It said, Sunday, it said church ought to be the reason we miss everything else. 
that ought to be the excuse for missing everything else. Because everything else is the excuse so much today. It's, well, you know, I got ball games or I got this or I got that. And it's just everything pulls us away from church. That shouldn't be the case. Church ought to be the excuse we give to everybody else about why, well, I can't go do that. I can't do it. I'm going to church. And that ought to be the thing. So it's putting ourselves, sacrificing, humbling ourselves, right? Because, because we love others. I want to do for others. And... Um, that's love. When we love one another, it's not about me. Jesus laid down his life, but, he, but, but by this we know love because he laid down his life for us. We ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. It's, it's putting ourselves out there. There's a lot of times that things aren't convenient. There's texts I get at 1030 at night, and I got to have a conversation through text with someone, and, 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 and I go, man, couldn't wait till 9 in the morning? No, sometimes they can't. There's phone calls I've gotten, you know, in the middle of the night. There's surgeries first thing in the morning. There's, you know, somebody's been in an accident. You know, I've gotten the call at 2 in the morning and got to go to the hospital because somebody's kid's been a wreck and they don't, even know if they're going, they don't even know if they're alive. And we're on the way to the hospital. So we do that because we love one another. And we should be willing to do those things. First Peter 4, 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sin. Fervent love solves a lot of problems. Amen? Being patient and loving each other. B is we are to be patient with one another. We want others to be patient with us. Amen? So we need to be patient with others. Amen? Do unto others you would have them do unto you. Amen? We all, we all have to be reminded of that. Romans 15, 5 through 7. Uh, now may the, God be, may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded toward one another according to Christ Jesus that you may be one mind and one mouth with one mind and one mouth glorify the Father, God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore receive one another just as Christ also received us to the glory of God. We need to be patient with each other. The God of patience grant you to be like-minded toward one another. We need to be patient with each other. And uh, there's times I know people get, get impatient with me. And I probably give them right reason to be. And I, I, I'd, I'd ask you, be patient. Please be patient. And i got to be patient. i got to learn to be patient. We all, we all need to do that. 2 Thessalonians 5.14 Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. We need to learn to be patient. C, we are to be sensitive to one, one another's needs. Being sensitive to one another. 1 John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let, not love, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And so, you know, it's the, it's the uh, you know, I don't have any food, I don't have any clothes, uh, I'll pray for you, be, be, be warmed and be fed. Be, God bless you, God, God meet. It's, it's, it's us looking for the needs that are there. It's being mindful of those things. And that, that's one of the things, talking about when people aren't here, there's a disconnect. So there may be needs, but if you're not here, I, 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 can't, I can't see it, I can't know it. If there's not communication, you see what I'm saying? So it's us being mindful and looking and, and, and being sensitive to those needs. 
And uh, I love it when somebody comes to me and says, hey, pastor, so-and-so, so-and-so's got this need. You know, they're, they're, they've got a big yard, the lawnmower, their lawnmower's broken down, whatever it is, there's this need. Their car, uh, we had somebody whose car was just about to leave them stranded. And, and they really just needed a little help to get the car fixed. And we were able to do that as a church and help them with that. So it's, it's looking for those needs. It's being mindful of the needs that others have. James chapter 2, verse 15, are the brother or sisters naked and destitute of daily food. And one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body. What does it profit? You go, well, I'll pray for you, brother. Yeah, I know it's a rough situation. I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you that maybe, maybe you find some food on the way. What? No, if you've got it, we ought, to be, we ought to be helping. Amen? So we need to be sensitive to one another's needs. D, we are to be forgiving of each other, Ephesians 4.32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ forgave you. Forgiveness. Colossians 3.13, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Does that sound like a suggestion? What does that, what does that sound like? It's a commandment. That's the, the ought to, right? We've talked about, I've shared that before. If, if there's something that we ought to do, ought is a moral obligation. So if I say, you know, we ought, to, we ought to see if we see a need, we ought to help with that. There's a moral obligation there if it's something we can help with. Uh, in the same way, we have to forgive. I think, I think one of the things that challenges, have you ever seen these situations where um, um, someone has murdered, you know, they murdered someone and family of the murdered person comes to court and they, and they express to them that I forgive you? I, I, I can't imagine. I mean, that, that's the grace of God and working in somebody's life. I mean, I can't even imagine. But we, that shouldn't be foreign to us as believers. That shouldn't be foreign. And so if someone, by the grace of God, can forgive someone who murdered a loved one, we ought to be able to forgive each other regardless of how hard or bad or whatever. Amen? Right? I mean, and there's things... I mean, and here's what I hear, preacher, but you just don't know, preacher. You just don't know what they've done. You're right, I don't. I don't, but God does. And God's, God, he, think about what you've done against him. And that's the mentality here. As Christ forgave us. Right, Henry? Yes, sir. Whew. Makes you grateful, doesn't it? Absolutely. Glenn? You grateful the Lord's forgiven you? Yeah? You got a lot to forgive? Ongoing, amen? Ryan? You grateful that God forgives? That he's forgiven you? Scott, how about you? Ryan, how about you? You grateful? Got a lot? Anybody just go, anybody just go, how many of you would really like your sins walked out and marched out here tonight? Anybody? I've met some people, I think they would like that. They'd go, see how sinful I was? I can just show you, they almost glory in their sin. I don't want my sin paraded before everybody. I'm thankful that God forgave me, that he he forgave me. This says, scripture is very clear. 
in the same way that he has forgiven us, we are to forgive others. And, and that really goes, you go, but. No, there's no but in there. Wait, let me look. Let me read it again. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God and Christ forgave you. But if this is the exception, enter blank right there, enter whatever situation you've had in life. It doesn't say that. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. Folks, we've got to be forgiving. We've got to be forgiving. And, and so, listen, if I've offended you, if I've, if I've done something in my three and a half years here where you go, what a jerk, please forgive me. And if I have, I hope you'll tell me because I, I want it to be right. But please forgive me. And don't let something that I've done hinder you in your walk with Christ because you're unforgiving. Because if you're not willing to forgive, you're not going to be forgiven. That's scary. Encourages us to be forgiving. But the encouragement shouldn't be because of the fact that we won't be forgiven. The encouragement ought to be for the fact that we've been forgiven and all that we've been forgiven of. Uh, of. Amen? Amen? Well, it's 645, so we've still got an hour to go. It's 645 in Alabama. Time flies in here. It flies. All right. All right, one more week. One more week and we'll launch into our new study. Okay? Any questions, comments? Any pastor, you're a jerk, but I forgive you. Any of that tonight? And, it, and if your deacon hasn't talked to you in three months, I want to know. I want to know. What's that? If they check on you at church, yeah, it counts. If they have a conversation. What's that? If he asks you about what's going on in your life and how you're doing, yeah, 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 sure. It's me. <laughs> All right, nothing? Y'all ready to go home? Kev, Kevin, you make a motion we go home? You ready for bed? Let's pray and we'll get out of here then. You, five o'clock is early, yeah, amen. All right, let's pray. Lord, we love you and... Again, thank you for our time together. Thank you for, for your word. And Father, just simple truths tonight. We talk about our relationship with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ. And uh, Lord, I, I, I love my church family. It's so close. And, and uh, Lord, we've even talked about how many times we feel closer to our church family than, than we do many maybe in our own blood relatives because of the relationship through Christ and many times we may not have that relationship with some in our family. So I thank you for the, the special relationship we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ. But Lord, help us to understand Scripture and not just be hearers of your word, but, but to be doers of your word. And the things you've given us, Lord, the truths you've given us, you've given us to help us. They're to help us. It makes for a peaceful life. It, 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 so many of the problems that we face in church and in life and in these relationships, if we would just... If we just do what you've told us to do, it's that simple. It's, it's not easy. I understand that. But, Lord, it's simple. You've given us the answers. And if we'll just humble ourselves and follow your word, we can see you do great and amazing and mighty things. So, Lord, help us to apply truths as we hear them, as we read them, as we study them, that we'd apply those truths to our life and live it out so that others can see you in us and through us. 
Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. Give us safety in our travels home tonight. Bless the rest of our week, and we, we just give you the glory for that all. In Jesus' name, amen.